Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 430. Royal Caribbean has finally restarted cruises from Tampa, and we've got a review from Serenade of the Seas on one of the very first sailings. Here we go. Good news, there are more Royal Caribbean cruises starting up in more ports, including Tampa. And this week, we're talking with Jeff and Megan Mapson, who I got a chance to check out one of those sailings. Actually, the first sailing on board Serenade of the Seas out of Tampa. Jeff and Megan, welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Thanks, Matt. And actually, we were on the second and third sailing out of Tampa. Ah, okay, well, I'm going to make a note there. There we go. <laughs> for, for everybody keeping score at home, the second and third sailing out of uh, Tampa on Serenade of the Seas. And uh, I love cruising out of Tampa, and I've loved cruising on our sister ship, Brilliance of the Seas. But uh, going out of Tampa here, uh, what was your experience? Why did you pick this particular sailing? Let's start there. It was actually interesting that you say Brilliance, because this w- was originally supposed to be Brilliance of the Seas. It got changed to Serenade. That's right. Yeah, they changed those settings when they uh, um, originally Brilliance was deployed there, but then for whatever reason they decided to change some of those uh, some of mm-hmm. those options there. So that makes sense. And we were, we were also supposed to do a Western Caribbean sailing to Cozumel and uh, Costa Maya, but that also got changed yeah. to the Bahamas to Nassau and Perfect Day Coco Cay twice. Yeah, and who, who would complain about that? <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. So we, so we, we picked the, we picked these particular sailings because, well, a the you know the price for doing these on a back to back was like amazing, and also we originally wanted to go to the Western Caribbean because we've never been to the Western Caribbean, um, but that ended up not happening. Um, but we were totally fine with the change with with Perfect Day twice. You know, we can't you can't beat that. So, um, but that's originally why we picked it was because we were we were interested in the itinerary. But you know, hopefully next time we will make it to the Western Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's not a, a cruise is better than no cruise. Right. And, right. uh, you know, going out of Tampa, I would say, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to state my opinion on this. I'm curious what you guys think. That's the way going out of Tampa as opposed to other ports in Florida is that it's super easy. It's kind of like a more of a, the terminal smaller, it's easy in easy out. Uh, what was your experience like going out of Tampa? Was this your first time out of Tampa? I should have probably started, started there. This this was our first time uh, to Tampa, at Tampa, and leaving from Tampa. So <laughs> it was it was it was a unique experience. Uh, we we first flew in and um, we went to our hotel, which was in the Ebor district. Yep. And at, at first, I didn't know how you pronounced. And we're like Ybor, Ybor, total tourists. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it was a fantastic uh, location. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a really nice hotel. We picked the Hampton Inn uh, in Switch, which was like five minutes away from the port in the middle of the Ybor district. And we got there pretty late and we were able to walk around and thankfully there was still nightlife. Um, so we got like some pizza at this really great place nearby the hotel. Uh, the The hotel took us, uh, provided a shuttle to the uh, terminal. Um, easy peasy took like five minutes. It was like super quick. Nice. And um, yeah, so in, as far as the terminal, it was really easy in and out. Uh, process you want to tell a little bit more about that jeff it was it was, fan- it was really easy and, and megan's really fantastic at continuing to check your check-in times and I, I know you've harped on this i mentioned this uh but with world caribbean now having specific check-in times it it makes no sense to show up super early uh 
because you'll just be waiting in line. Right. And so our, our check-in time happened to be 12 o'clock. I think it was originally one and you mm-hmm. were able to recheck it and we got in at 12. And so we were, I think the third, third person in line yeah. uh, for, for the 12 o'clock. So as soon as it opened up, we had all of our documents in hand, we were able to get right through. And uh, so long as you have those documents, your, your passport, your vaccination card and your proof of a negative COVID test. And you have those three things in front of you and ready to show three different people, then you're going to get on board the ship really quick. Yeah. I think we, I think we got on the ship within 15 minutes of arriving at the port. Like it was super quick. Yeah. Fantastic. And and we saw lines, lines of people already waiting for their 1230 and one o'clock and two, uh, you know, don't get there too early. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great tip and something that, I mean, we've said a lot, but it never ceases to amaze me, folks, that, well, they don't listen to the podcast. So, first of all, that's your first mistake. Second mistake <laughs> right. is not is showing up early there, and it's absolutely the truth. I would say the earliest you should be showing up is about 15 minutes before your, your check-in time, and that would be enough time, quite frankly, to, you know, get over there, drop off your luggage with the porters, kind of get yourself together, and then you'll be, like, you know, in line at a reasonable amount of time, but... There's every cruise I've gone on, Jeff, it has been the same situation where you see these these groups of people who are sitting off on the sideline essentially because they got there, you know, 30 minutes or an hour early. And I some people seem like, well, I got nowhere else to go. What else am I going to do? And I would say, you know, there are restaurants, have a meal. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's, you know, go to, I mean, if you're there super early, go to a movie. But I mean, you know, there's, there's other, the good thing about Florida is there's a lot of things to do besides go to the cruise terminal. And by the way, you can drop your luggage off um, with the porters early. That's fine. But you, then you mm-hmm. can go do something else. So just keep that in mind as you're uh, planning that out. So, right. right. And, and, and not to fast forward, but as we were on a back to back between after we had gotten off and got back on the ship, we went up to the Viking crown lounge uh, on the 12th deck and we we're sitting there right by the windows looking out at the at the uh at at the port and and we got to see people attempting to come in but it was raining outside and so they decided that they had to stand in the rain and there was only this tiny little gazebo and that's it they're all like wearing their face masks all crammed in and some people are outside and, and this is like 10 30 in the morning it's like just they're doing it wrong yeah doing it wrong that's unfortunate i mean i feel bad for them but yeah yeah totally yeah so uh serenade of the seas what do you think of the ship overall because uh, i'm not sure if you had been on other radiance class ships but going on serenade how was the uh look and feel of the ship for you it we we liked it it's very very classic um it reminded us a lot of grandeur which was our first um sailings together um so it definitely had that classic old cruise vibe for us with the centrum and um but it had a lot you know a little bit more than like what grandeur and vision of the vision class has to offer um you do you want to talk a little bit more about yeah, that Jeff? D- definitely definitely a little bigger uh than, than than what we've been on before but but that that feel was was definitely there and and i can see that for the the worldwide cruise that's coming up was was announced for serenade that a lot of people will be very comfortable on that ship mm-hmm. uh, being on it for, for that period of time. Um, there were plenty of things to do, um, but it didn't have all of the amazing bells and whistles you get on like an Oasis classic right. or, or, or whatnot. But 
uh, definitely had enough to do. And, um, it was, it was, it was wonderful. We, we really enjoyed ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my first time on a, a radiance class ship. Um, and, uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah really and it that. was just really cool. Like a lot of people on the ship, on the sailing were like from Tampa and, um, they were really excited to be sailing again. Cause that's like basically their, most of them, it was their port of choice. Cause it's yeah. so close. And, um, and it was just a really like friendly overall atmosphere. I mean, I know all Royal Caribbean ships are friendly, but like, it's, it was easy to meet, make new friends. We made, we made some really great friends on the sailing and, um, the staff was fantastic. And, um, there was never like time where we felt bored, but it was just a nice relaxing ship. So if you, if you want to just go on a ship to relax, I think Radiance Class is a definitely a good choice of ship to, to do that. Just to, you know, you don't have to be busy just to chill and relax, whether you're sitting in the ship or on the deck. I think it's a good choice of ship to do that. Yeah, I agree 100%. I remember when I went on Brilliance for the first time, and I really, you know, I've said before, I'm a big ship kind of guy. I like the the Oasis class ships, the Freedom class ships, the Quantum class ships. And going on Brilliance, mm-hmm. I was a little concerned that perhaps it was going to be, I was going to be bored. You know, there wasn't a lot to do there. Right. But like Jeff said, it, it doesn't have all the bells and whistles you'll find on the newer ships, but that doesn't mean it's a bad experience or a, or a boring experience. No. Just, there's just enough to keep you busy. There's There's, you know, three different specialty restaurants. You've got a great pub. You've got... You know, entertainment on board. I really enjoyed it. It's it's just like, I guess it's kind of like you know the difference between you know I, I guess uh, I'm trying to think in car terms like you know a sports car versus maybe a pickup truck or some other vehicle that it's a different experience. That doesn't mean it's a bad experience. You just mm-hmm. kind of adjust to it a little bit, and then you're like, oh okay, I get. It. I love the Solarium by the way, isn't that? I hope you guys spent some time oh, in the Solarium because I love that space. It was incredibly beautiful. Yeah, it's probably the most beautiful Solarium I've ever seen like on a ship so far it's it's gorgeous yeah absolutely so uh what kind what type of room did you have for your back to back so we we actually had two different rooms so typically when you're on a back to back you want to have the same room and that was not a possibility for us so our first room was an ocean view room and our second room was literally right across the hall for an inside stateroom yeah and at first we were like, oh, man, we're going from Ocean View to Inside Stateroom, but... Inside Stateroom was huge. It was oh. so big. It was like three times the size of a normal uh, Inside Stateroom. Interesting. So you, you you step inside the door and usually the closet's right on your left. Mm-hmm. Instead, you had a wall that went completely over to the side and it was like a whole other room there. I mean, Megan was saying she could do her workouts in the middle of the room. I, mean, it was so good. I have to go up to the gym. Often, so. There was, there was so much space. And yeah. uh, I guess, I guess it was like 1.8 times the size of a normal inside state room, yeah. but it was, we lucked out. Yeah. We were yeah. pleasantly surprised. And yeah, we were, we were, I, I, even though I really like having an ocean view room, I kind of liked having a little bit more room in the inside state room more. Um, and it's not going to happen all the time, but, we'll we'll take it and go with it but it was it was cool it was a nice surprise absolutely do you remember the room number of the inside one i'm sure someone's going to want to know what room that was just in case we went from 3638 to 3639 so 3639 was the inside state room there you go Um, yeah yeah you look it up cool so what was your what was your favorite places like on serenade let's talk about like some of the venues that really stood out to you where did you if it was a sea day and you weren't in the solarium, or maybe the solarium could be one of your favorite places, I suppose. But you know, what were like one or two places you really liked going, or you spent most of your time on board? Well, for me, um, definitely just going up to the Crown and uh, Crown and Acre, um, the Viking Crown Lounge, and just hanging out there because it's usually very quiet. Um, I did, I had to do um, 
some memorizing because I'm an actress and um, I wanted to find time to like just chill and like memorize my, my, my materials for my upcoming performances. So I enjoyed the, the quietness of the Viking crown lounge during the daytime. I know at the nighttime it's not as, <laughs> as quiet, but I really enjoyed like just that panoramic view um, of the ocean and just uh, chilling up there. Um, Jeffy, you, you were Jeff, uh, Jeff, you were in the cafe a lot, right? Yeah. So I, in, in an attempt to find ways to go on more cruises, I've looked at my PTO for the year and I'm like, I need to find ways to stretch this. So the way to do that is to get some work done while I'm bored. And um, because I, I currently work remotely. So I, uh, I brought my laptop and uh, I was able to get some work done both in the inside stateroom and then also went up to the cafe latte tudes and uh, spent some time there and, and, and thereabouts mm-hmm. <laughs> around the centrum and uh, just parked myself and, and had my laptop and got some work done. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, there was an interesting story about that, though. When we first uh, arrived at the hotel, I pulled my laptop out to try to get some work done before we even left the hotel. And uh, about uh, two and a half hours in, uh, my my battery notification comes on and realize I had the wrong power cable. Oh no! Mm-hmm. So I'm looking on. I'm looking at Best Buy. I'm looking at Target. I'm looking at any like place that in Tampa. I'm calling all around to see would they have this cable, and no place had it. But Amazon came through and was able to deliver it to the hotel uh, that Saturday, uh, two days before we were to arrive back in port for our back to back. And so I had made arrangements with the hotel to pick it up. Essentially, the the driver for the shuttle was going to drive to the port and was going to pick it up. But then, because we had been involved in the Facebook groups for both sailings, which I highly recommend, if you are going on a sailing, join the Facebook groups for that particular sailing. You'll make new friends. You'll you'll find other opportunities to get together with people. Ended up finding somebody who was staying at the same hotel. And so he picked it up for me and brought it right on board so I didn't even have to leave the ship. And that was, that was a real blessing. So thanks so much, Gary. You're the best. <laughs> wow, that's. Uh, I hope you bought that guy a couple of beers on board. I think we both had the drink package. So. <laughs> cheers! Thanks so go. much. But yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very helpful. That's great. Yeah. What um? By the way, speaking of working on board, Jeff, what was your experience with like with the internet? Did it work well for you? Yeah, I had I had uh, no issues with the internet. Um, I think there was like one night between like midnight and three o'clock that there was no internet at all on the ship mm-hmm. um but outside of that um, i didn't have any issues when i was trying to log in and do work mm-hmm. which was which was really helpful fantastic and you you ended up meeting the comedian on board um because he was in the yeah he was cafe in cafe Lat- latitudes as well so we uh or latitudes as they would say and so we um yeah we struck him a nice conversation and he was a great great guy mm-hmm Fantastic. Let's talk about the places you went on the cruise, right? You got, you went to the Bahamas, right? That's what you said. Yes. Yes. We went to, um, the first leg, we just went to Coco Cay, our perfect day of Coco Cay. Sorry. Um, and, uh, so it was mostly just sea days and we booked the Coco beach club because it was such a great price for it. It was like, it was the lowest I've seen in a while. So we, I booked it and, um, we got there super early. I think we were like the first person off first we were the first people off the ship we were the, we were the <laughs> first off the ship and we 
beelined it there. We were the first ones at the Coco. Yeah, because we were told if you get there early, there are day beds that are first come, first serve. And That's I right. was like all about that. So we uh, walked with purpose over to Cocoa Beach Club. And there was like nobody there. We didn't even have to walk with purpose. <laughs> we were the first ones off. We got there, welcomed like around uh, 8.30 or so. Uh, got a day bed right in front of the infinity pool. It was amazing. It was just incredible view all day. Couldn't couldn't have asked for beautiful, beautiful scene. And um, we um, uh, were able to book our lunch early. And we had um, lunch around 11 o'clock. And pretty much had almost everything on the menu. Oh, well, not almost everything, but a lot. We, we had like the, amp- the appetizer sampler. Uh, we each got the lobster and we each tried the lobster fried sandwich, which, which was so good. And um, I forget what I had for dessert, but it was, it was really good. <laughs> and we were like, can we come back later for more lobster? <laughs> so they let us come back around like after two for like second round. Cause we ate at 11. That was like, you know, early lunch. And then two o'clock was second lunch. Sure. And let me just say, we didn't even, we didn't eat dinner that night because we were just too full. <laughs> but, uh, but the Cocoa Beach Club was amazing. If you can find a good price, I would say with anywhere a hun- like under a hundred dollars, I think it's totally worth it. I mean, depending on how you're, you know, how you want to spend your day there. But it was just beautiful. You just enjoyed the beach. Um, there was like, um, we did have some rain later that day, and it it got really rainy. It was, but it was it was light, and and I just stayed in the infinity pool. <laughs> that's what my and kids do everybody like. else left and I just, I just i grabbed my drink i hung out at the infinity pool and there you go it was, it was the light it mm-hmm. was wonderful yeah, yeah. There's, there's no light there was a sorry was i was like there's fun. no lightning that's totally fine yeah oh yeah there was no, none at all it was all. a nice peaceful rain yeah and there was a really interesting experience though that uh i'm not sure if you've ever had this happen to you oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we we were the, some of the first people at the infinity pool uh, at the Cocoa Beach Club, and there were two other couples that arrived shortly after us. They grabbed the one of them grabbed the day bed next to us, and essentially, all six of us ended up being in or right around the infinity pool, and just struck up a conversation. And as we're having a conversation, all of a sudden, I hear a plop, plop, plop. <laughs> this plop, plop, plop sound sounded like. When something drops into a toilet bowl. Mm, I know where you're going with this one. And so we're like. Who was the unlucky uh, person? <laughs> well. What just happened? Well, so we're kind of like looking around at each other like, who just did did that just happen? Well, I look down into the, into the water and I start seeing something shiny. I'm like, what? So I, I go down and I, I, I reach down and grab it. And there is a headless fish. <laughs> oh my god! It had dropped from the, the heavens. Yeah, it landed right between all of us in the middle of the infinity pool. I yeah. see. I, I there were some angry seagulls. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> I, I, I there's some seagulls fighting over each other. I guess one had grabbed a. There ended up being three. Three headless fish. In the oh. So the lifeguard grabbed him real quick. He wanted him out. Yeah, was, I, we were we were all dying laughing. Was, I just don't know what's. Was, see, I thought for sure it was bird poop, and I'm not sure what's actually <laughs> worse. Yeah, <laughs> well, we all initially thought it was bird poop, but no. It, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're all yeah. thinking at home. You're all thinking, no, bird poop is worse. Think about it for a second. You know what? I mean, it, 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 this is really like you know, uh, pick your poison, but 
yeah, no, that's no bueno. <laughs> yeah, no, no bueno. It was, it was no, it was yeah. no issue at all. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was yeah. just a funny story. Yeah. So, but, but yeah. it, um, Coco Beach Club was awesome. And, um, we, uh, that was just the only part of the Bahamas we went to on the first lake. On the second lake, since it was a five day, we went to Nassau and Coco Key, but we weren't really interested in getting off at Nassau. We, we did the Blue Lagoon last month on Freedom, and we just wanted to take that day to just relax and um, enjoy a ship day. Sure. So we didn't get off at Nassau, and we just did normal, I call it normal Coco Key, uh, where uh, we just went to the Oasis Pool and um, the beach. So And I played about two hours of volleyball. He really did. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we had, we, had, we had fun. And, you know, I, I feel like, is there is there a term for someone who has done the Thrill Water Park, the Cocoa Beach Club, and it has done everything pretty much at Perfect Day at Cocoa Cay. Is there, is there a title for that? There should be. I'm not sure what it would be, but it's the uh, uh, the Golden Price. Sombrero, I guess. I don't know. we got to come up with something that's... Uh... <laughs> so, but, yeah. Yeah. So what... I mean, I, I agree kind of with your with your summary there, Megan, of like the Cocoa Beach Club. I thought you, you pretty much nailed it. You know, it's, it's a great experience. Nice to do. Nice way to splurge and whatnot. But, you know, even I'm sure you guys had a great time even just hanging out. I mean, two hours of volleyball, notwithstanding, you know, just the, uh, you know, being able to. There's so much to do on the island. You shouldn't feel compelled that you necessarily need to buy admission into someplace like, you know, the, no. the beach club or the water park. But it's, you know, there's there's it's nice to have, but there's plenty to do otherwise. Absolutely. And we made some really nice friends on the second leg where we just did normal Coco Key and they invited us to their day bed on the beach. That was really nice. And um, we hit it up at the Snack Shack, which is my jam. I know it's your jam. It's like yep. pretty much every insider's jam. I uh, love the Snack Shack. And our what our favorite thing to do, Matt, at the Snack Shack is get a funnel cake from the Snack Shack, walk over to the Chill Grill and get soft serve ice cream. Mm. Put it on your funnel cake, and it is heaven. Why they don't have a soft serve ice cream over at Shack, Snack Shack, I'll never know. But they should put one there. <laughs> and, and typically, we divide and conquer that. You, you know, one of us will get the soft serve, and the other will get the funnel cake. We'll meet in the middle. And, mm-hmm. Yep. So that way it's not, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's not a bad strategy at all. I love cookies, so. That's great. I mean, listen, Serenade out of Tampa. The nice thing about Tampa is it's easy and easy out. And these sailings, mm-hmm. usually they go to the Western Caribbean. You know, uh, Megan said that, you know, they changed the itinerary. But um, it's just, they're, they're so nice to do. And the ratings class, especially these days, it flies so much under the radar with, you know, Oasis class and Quantum and all this. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, hubbub about all the new ships and rightfully so. But if you're thinking about something different, you're like, we've done an Oasis class, we've done a Freedom, I mean, we've done the big ships a couple times, look for something a little bit different, but don't want to say, you know, you want to be, you are you don't want to compromise necessarily on having fun. I think the Radiance class is a really good fit. And boy, I'm sure the prices you guys paid for it, you know, it's a great value. Oh, yeah. And especially once it switched from Brilliance down to Serenade, we were actually able to get a significant amount of onboard credit too mm-hmm. uh, when that places uh as the prices had changed there there were a couple things i wanted to just note um when it comes to doing a back-to-back that may be attractive for people um because i think some people may not understand exactly how it works but when you have a back-to-back you can essentially benefit from uh having different drink packages on the different legs so like for the first leg we did the deluxe drink package but then for the second leg which was uh, just through the week we both just did the soda package 
because you know i was planning on doing some work and it was we were just going to have a different vibe for that that leg of the of the trip so you can kind of break that up Mm. um but also there's there's some benefits too so for serenade they actually had a a back-to-back luncheon for people that that were staying on board the ship and when you do a back-to-back you're the last ones called you 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 come together watch the video uh, typically uh, for safety and then you you march off the ship you go right through customs and you march right back on the ship <laughs> and um and then we we had that we had that luncheon which was which was really nice, nice. um and uh so it was easy it was simple and um it, it wasn't anything to to fret it was mm-hmm. something to, to kind of enjoy and be like hey we're the first ones on the ship so that way when people are all excited to be the first ones on the ship because they got there right at 12 o'clock yeah. um or whatnot and they realize there's already people on board yeah, it's kind of fun. And all we had to do was take a COVID test the day before our last day on the first leg. We did a COVID test early in the morning, um, easy, and we were emailed the results that night. Which on it was interesting. We got the email because on Freedom we were told no news is good news. So it's interesting how each ship it, their process is different, I guess. And on Freedom we didn't get a back to back lunch when we did our back to back last month or on in September. But on Saturday they gave us a back to back lunch, so we thought that was really nice. Yeah, cool. It was. Nice. Well, I mean, it sounds like a great cruise, and I, I, I mean, I always, I, I, I miss the Radiance class. I miss cruising out of Tampa, so now I feel I got, a, I got a lot of FOMO now for, uh, for, <laughs> for doing a Tampa cruise on a Radiance class ship. So, uh, Jeff and Megan, thank you so much for joining us here today and sharing your experience on Serenade of the Seas. Thank you so much, Matt. We are so happy to be on here. So thank you very much. Yeah, and a quick shout out to all the other Royal Caribbean blog insiders. Woo woo! If you're not one. You should be one. All right. Time to answer some listener emails. This is the part of the episode where I read the emails you've sent me about Royal Caribbean. And we answer them right here on the podcast or just talk about them. Answer, talk, whatever happens first. And our first email today. Oh, you want to email me, right? It's like, wow, that sounds great. How can I send me your email? <laughs> I'm not just mentioning we have this option. Uh, you can send it to Matt at Royal Caribbean blog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T at Royal Caribbean blog.com. Our first email this week comes to us from Kelly, who writes, Hi, Matt. My name is Kelly, and this is the second time I've emailed in. First time was back in February when I told you about my COVID wedding and our March 2021 Freedom of the Seas cruise getting canceled. Uh, anyway, my husband and I have rebooked our cruise, and we leave Sunday after Thanksgiving on Explorer the Seas out of San Juan. I was a little disappointed. I've never been on a Freedom class ship, but the exact itinerary was more important to me. My husband has done some smaller type cruise sailings in Europe and elsewhere overseas, but never a Royal Caribbean cruise or anything like that. So I'm just pumped to bring him on Explore. As long as there's a promenade, I'm okay with it. First thing to know, people listen when Matt tells you to use a travel agent. I have always booked my cruises on my own, but this time, dealing with the future cruise credits, I wish I had used a travel agent. When we rebooked our cruise online, long story short, it charged our credit card for the entire cruise and not just the balance we were attempting to add to our FCC numbers. It was over a two-month process from June to August to get refunded on our card and apply the FCC amount. All in all, it worked out, but it was not, it was frustrating for a while. In a week moment, back in June when we booked, we upgraded from a balcony to a suite. Heck, it's our honeymoon. Also, this past week, I booked excursions and our drink packages. And I booked all four of them through Royal Caribbean, mostly just for the ease of it. And also, still with COVID restrictions, I just don't want any issues or risk getting back to the ship late. One unfortunate circumstance is that I really wanted to go ziplining, 
but that doesn't look like it'll be able to do that. My husband has gone before in Belize, but I never have. It looks like there's only the option when we're in St. Martin, but we are there on a Monday and the zipline tours are closed. I'll keep watching to see if anything changes, but I'm wondering if still with less tourists right now, they're only open on certain days. Otherwise, it'll just be a fun beach day. We're flying from Minnesota, and my only annoyance was that back in February, before our last cruise was canceled, I had booked our airfare on Sun Country for round trip. When I went to rebook for this trip, we were only able to fly there on Saturday with Sun Country, but there are no flights available once we get back into the port on Sunday, December 5th, to fly home. There's nothing available on Sun Country until that Thursday. So we had to dump a little extra money in our return flights. Again, travel agent people, I've learned my lesson. Last time I cruised out of San Juan, I stayed in the first night, I believe, at a small country inn and suites type place. This time, I booked for Saturday night the Double Tree Hilton. We get in around 3 p.m., pending no annoying Minnesota November snowstorms, and I would love to explore around old San Juan or go to the beach either Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning. My stretch right now is that we're going to be visiting family in Wisconsin for Thanksgiving, drive back to Minnesota on Friday, and then pack to be ready bright and early for the airport Saturday morning. I decided it's best to get our COVID test while we're in Wisconsin, so I'm going to have a small random town place we can get a test from, hopefully. I'll also see if we can fill out some of the forms to get into Puerto Rico. Do you know anything about that cost? Can I fill the forms out now or do I need to wait to close to our cruise? I apologize for the long and disorganized email, but I'm literally just bursting with excitement. And all I want to do right now is talk about cruises. Thank goodness for your podcast. Kelly, thanks for the email. I really appreciate it. You know, when it comes to uh, going on a cruise to San Juan, uh, I'm not sure why you'd have to fill out any forms. Maybe there's a COVID form right now, but I would imagine you'd be doing that in the airport or on the airplane. I remember when we flew into the Bahamas, the uh, they gave us a special immigration form to fill out while we were on the airplane. Now, of course, San Juan, Puerto Rico is part of the United States, and since you're flying from the U.S., that's not like you're you're not going through customs. You're still in the U.S. So I'm not sure uh, what, if anything, you'll have to fill out in advance. But you know, cruising out of San Juan, obviously, Royal Caribbean just restarting cruises from Puerto Rico. Uh, they this was like one of the newest ports actually restarted. We just talked in this episode about Tampa, but literally the same week we recorded this podcast. Royal Caribbean restarted cruises with uh, the Explorer of the Seas out of San Juan. I think you have a great time there. It's nothing like going out of Puerto Rico once you get there because you get the opportunity to explore all these great islands and everything's really close. It's a very port-intensive itinerary, and it's actually really nice because you get to see a lot of places and you have a lot of time in port, which is really nice as well. Thank you for the email, Kelly. Next up, we have an email from Cassie Murphy, who writes, Hi, Matt. Sailing on Oasis of the Seas very soon. We have a party of 10 and one child under 12, and I have a few questions. St. Thomas is a U.S. island. Can children under 12 get off the ship without a Royal Caribbean excursion? When getting off for a Royal Caribbean excursion, when it ends, do you have to go immediately back to the ship, or can you go to the nearby beach, as an example, like in St. Martin? And are there any beaches that can be visited for no additional charge at St. Martin and St. Thomas? Uh, and dining questions, what is the difference between my time dining, and how does the formal captain's dinner work with kids? Thanks so much. Great questions here from Cassie. So, yes, yeah, St. Thomas is part of the United States, but in looking over Royal Caribbean's protocols, I'm not saying this is necessarily the answer, but the only port that Royal Caribbean lists that you don't have to worry about the short excursion option for the unvaccinated kids under 12 is Port Canaveral in Florida. They don't mention St. Thomas one way or another, Cassie, so I am not certain. Perhaps somebody who's gone on a cruise to St. Thomas in the last month or so can email in. Certainly, Cassie, I think this might not help you by the time you get on board your ship. Uh, but I can answer the rest of your questions. You mentioned, you know, when getting off a Royal Caribbean excursion, like in St. Martin, what happens after the cruise, you cannot go off on your own. The unvaccinated are only allowed to get off a ship through Royal Caribbean excursion. So they'll bring you back to the ship and then, you know, literally back to the ship. So you can't do anything on your own, whether it is going shopping in the port area or uh, going to the beach on your own. Basically nothing outside of a tour guide you're allowed to do. 
In terms of beaches that have no additional cost, St. Martin and St. Thomas, uh, there's quite a few actually. Most beaches are actually complimentary. You know, Megan's Bay and St. Thomas is one of my favorites, but Megan's Bay is part of a park, so there's an admission cost to there. There are other beaches that have no admission cost. I remember going to Emerald Beach a number of years ago, Cassie, in St. Thomas. Emerald Beach is closer to the airport, and it's a little bit closer to downtown than, than Megan's Bay, and I don't recall paying a, a fee over there at all. Um, the When it comes to St. Martin, same basic idea, whether you're going to Maho Beach or you're going to Orient Beach or you're going to Grand Case or Mullet Bay, usually the beach itself is complimentary if all you're doing is just sitting on the beach with a towel. But, you know, obviously if you want to rent beach chairs or umbrellas, that's going to cost you, obviously. But uh, that those would be some options for you if you're going to either one. Certainly the other thing you do, Cassie, if you hop in a cab in either of those places, you just tell the driver, hey, looking for a beach, a nice beach that has uh, no admission cost. They can definitely find one for you. And the last question you have about is what my time dining. I think you're really asking, Cassie, how my time dining differs from traditional dining. Traditional dining, you have a set time every day of your cruise. And it's exactly the same. It's either early or late. So usually around 530 or 8 o'clock is your dinner, right? That's traditional dining. With my time, you can make a reservation in advance anytime when the dining room is open between usually 5 to 8 o'clock, let's say, maybe even as late as 9. Depends on the ship. Um, or you can simply show up without a reservation and get the next available table, kind of like going out to a restaurant at home, right? You do ha you will have different tables every time. You will have a different wait staff every time and different table mates every time, obviously. Um, that being said, you could request a certain waiter or a certain table. You might wait longer for them, but that is an option for you. You know, there, there's pros and cons to both. One is not superior to the other, in my opinion. I like the fact that with traditional dining, you have the same wait staff, the same table mates, the same table, and, and the same time, mostly. You know, the problem with having the same time every night of your cruise is sometimes, like when your ship is in port longer, it can create a problem for you. But, you know, my type dining has an advantage that it's far more flexible, especially if you're in a port intensive itinerary or you've just got varying plans. It really is nice to be able to go to dinner when it suits you better. And obviously, you know, you never know what you don't know until you actually get on the ship in terms of when you'll be hungry and a variety of other factors. So it's, uh, you know, there, there's pros and cons to both. Uh, next email is from John Alvarez. Who says, Hi, Matt. I booked on Harmony of the Seas this June and purchased the three-night dining package. When I booked, I opted for a reservation on night one. My question is, how do I go about picking a restaurant for night one and the other two nights on the package? Uh, so, John, it's really easy, actually. When you get on board the ship, you can't do anything in advance, but when you get on board the ship, John, Harmony of the Seas, then you go to a specialty restaurant and you can book any specialty restaurant for those three nights. In fact, John, if you go to like Chop's Grill first as an example, they can not only book Chop's Grill for you, they can book any other restaurant. And the placeholder reservation that Royal Caribbean made for you on night one, that's just that. It's just a placeholder. You can actually substitute in almost anything you see fit in terms of uh, you know changing that up. So don't feel like that's written in stone. So you want to do it on the first day. That's the, not only is it possible to do on day one, you should make the reservation on day one. It's the best way to go about it. Uh, John also wants to know, which restaurants would you recommend? I do plan to go to Izumi one of the nights. Lastly, any recommendations for excursions? We're stopping at St. Thomas and St. Kitts. So three restaurants on Harmony of the Seas. By far, number one, Izumi Hibachi. No, no question about it. So Izumi would be one, 150 Central Park would be two, and I'm going to pick Sabor as number three, John. And for recommendations for what to do in St. Thomas, St. Kitts, Megan's Bay. I love Megan's Bay. It's a great beach over there. Definitely recommend it. In St. Kitts, a little tougher. I've only been there a couple times. I did a train tour, which is kind of fun. You can't really do train tours in the Caribbean. They just don't exist or don't exist anymore. But there is actually a great train tour you can book through Royal Caribbean. It was kind of interesting. It's a one-way train tour, and then you take the bus on the way back, which is a lot faster. You get to see the countryside of St. Kitts, which is really nice. If you're looking for something different, like not another beach day, the train tour in St. Kitts is pretty good. So thank you for that email. We have time for one more email today. 
And that is coming to us from Ron Banks from Tampa, Florida. Hi, Matt. My wife and I are doing a back-to-back -back cruise on Mariner of the Seas. We are Diamond members, and we're wondering if the four drink vouchers to put on our card on embarkation day, will we also receive four more when our new cruise for the second voyage? I'd love to be able to get some coffees with the vouchers on disembarkation day and then have some drinks with the new vouchers later that night. I don't know how Royal Caribbean does it, so any help would be great. Love the blog and the podcast and love Royal Caribbean. Ron, thanks for the email. So every day of your cruise, you accrue the four drinks. So well, let me back up for a second. Ron is talking about as a diamond member or higher, you actually get four free complimentary drinks per day to be used as a diamond member. There are little vouchers. There's no actual paper or anything like that. It's digitally loaded on your CPAS card. So basically you go to a bar and say, I'd like to order a pina colada and I have my diamond drinks and they can deduct it from the system as it were. You get four a day. I assume it replenishes every night at midnight. I don't know that for a fact, Ron, as to when it replenishes, but every day you'll have your drinks. It's not preloaded in advance. Like you don't get like on a three night cruise, you want to get 12 drinks in advance. It's four drinks per day. And yes, Ron, that is for you and your wife. So each of you both get the four drinks every day of the cruise. And in terms of, uh, so obviously that solves your first problem in terms of getting, you know, your drinks on the second cruise. It doesn't matter. Just day one, boom, you're, you're reset again. So you should be okay on there. The only issue you might have is after in, in turnaround day before cruise number two officially begins. But I think you'd be okay, Ron, once you actually get your new CPAS cards for cruise number two, you should have no problems there. And uh, those do work, by the way, at you know, cafe promenade or any bar. So if you want to get a, like I said, pina colada, or you want to get a latte or macchiato, those should work there. I mean, they're, they're basically work just like the drink package. It's any drink up to, you know, 12 or $13, depending on the ship of value. And it's pretty straightforward. So thank you, Ron, for the email. Thank you to everybody for checking out the Royal Caribbean blog podcast. If you want to send me your emails, you can do so by sending it to Matt at Royal Caribbean blog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T at Royal Caribbean blog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt, and we'll talk again real soon.